Welcome to Maximum Mom with Elise Bowie, where you'll hear from women who are navigating the same messy journey as you. Lawyering, entrepreneurship, and mothering. What a trifecta. We're here to share tips, resources, wins, losses, and encouragement for moms who are raising a family while building a law firm. So you feel less alone in your journey toward a fulfilling career and being the best mom you can be. Welcome to the Maximum Mom podcast today. And today I'm super excited to welcome Latrice Latin in joining me. Latrice, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, I'm super excited to talk to you. And I just have to tell everybody, if you all haven't looked at Latrice's (laughs) new card, and I don't even know if it's new. I mean, I just saw it this weekend. She has, you know, like a I don't know. What, what would you call it? Is it an electronic card? Yeah, I have an electronic card and I actually got them printed out. So I call them my little billboards. I walk around and pass them out. <laughs> I love it. It is really one of the most beautiful legal cards I've ever seen. And so really all of us should look at it. All of us should take a cue and try to be like Latrice because it's beautiful. Thank so, you so much. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining. I mean, First, I just want to get out. Let's just talk about who makes you a mom. Let's just talk about that first. And then we'll go into all your experience and professional stuff. Of course. So I have two kids, biologically, my son, Joshua, who's 21. And then my daughter, Karina, who is 13. And I'm married. I got married last February. So now it's Latrice Latin Alexander, which gives me two bonus babies. So I have a 14-year-old daughter and another nine-year-old son. So. Oh, wow. (laughs) You have your hands full, I would say. I do. I do. I do. I love that. Now, do the bonus kids um, live with you all some? No, they stay in Maryland and Virginia. So they come down for like Christmas, holidays, summers, things like that. Right. Perfect. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. And are the kids, do they get along pretty well? They do. The girls, like they're very similar in age. So my daughter's 13, his daughter's 14. And they have their own rooms, but they like literally spend the whole time together. So they go back and forth together in each room. It's kind of funny. (laughs) Love that. I love that. And you are a personal injury attorney in Atlanta, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Personal injury and civil rights. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask about that civil rights part. Tell us a little bit about your practice area. I mean, what is your ideal client? How long have you been doing it? I would love to hear about your practice. Oh, so for personal injury, I've been doing that for about six to seven years now exclusively. Our ideal client is anyone in the Georgia area across the state who's gotten into a motor vehicle accident, a slip and fall, elevator accidents, any type of injuries, personal injuries. We do premises liability. We do kind of everything across the board. As far as the civil rights practice, we just started getting into that. I got some intensive training last year. So I've partnered up with another attorney and we're doing the civil rights cases together. And most of those are Fourth Amendment 14 Amendment, basically police brutality cases, police deaths, abuses, taser cases, jail cases, things of that all over the U.S. Wow, that has got to be fascinating work. It is. It's heart wrenching and fascinating at the same time. Oh, yeah, I would think it would be just pretty horrendously heart wrenching. Mm hmm. When you say you got training in that, I mean, is there a 
particular thing you did to get involved in the civil rights? I mean, what kind of drove you to that? Well, one of my mentors, Harry Daniels, who I work with, he's been doing it for a while. And I had started working with him when I did the personal injury and he kind of switched over into the civil rights realm. And so we still do some cases together and work together. And he kept saying like, hey, you need to get into this. You know, there's not enough people. There's a lot of cases. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you hear the same five people all the time. And um. So finally, he kind of had a little retreat with a couple of attorneys and he's like, hey, let me show you guys how these cases work, how we handle them, the law behind it. We went over like actual cases that he had, the outcome, and he taught us how to pretty much do the cases. And so since then, I've been like, "Okay, I'm on it. I can do it. We can do it. And yeah, I'm really excited. We got our first I got my first really big case in um, Colorado, actually all over the news out there. And we're working on it right now. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Well, I saw you did a press conference out there. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. (laughs) Talk about an area of the law that needs more people who do know how to practice it. Yeah. 1983 cases, it's mostly federal, which really works because I have a criminal and a civil background, but I started in federal bankruptcy litigation. So I have a lot of um, federal experience doing just cases in the bankruptcy court, uh, 2004 exams federal mortgage litigation. So I kind of can navigate through that space a lot. So this helped. Oh, yeah. Well, in federal court definitely has its own, I mean, kind of beastly rules that a lot of attorneys don't want to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely in its own kind of way. Tell us a little bit about, as I understand it, you are running a virtual practice or at least did during the pandemic. What is that looking like now? I did. And so we're kind of keeping that up. So right now, all of my staff is 100% virtual. I have a paralegal. She's here in Georgia, but she works from home. I have two receptionists who are actually in South Africa. They answer the phones every day. I have two other virtual paralegals. One does some legal assistant work with my PI paralegal and the other one does all of my marketing. So she gets my videos together and my social media together and all those things. And how are you liking running a virtual firm and, you know, kind of like managing that team virtually? I love it. I mean, it gives everybody the availability to be able to work from home, be there for the things that they need. Our platforms for our clients are also virtual. So we have a portal that they can log into, a messaging platform, and it just makes it a lot easier for communication and keeping up with everything and not necessarily needing to go to a physical office every time that you need something. But if they do, I did get a physical office in July, mostly for just purposes of having an ad dressing somewhere if I wanted to meet clients to get checks or if we have to have press conferences or things of that nature. But it's really worked out very well and everyone loves it as far as I can tell. That's awesome. Have you found any challenges in managing a virtual office? I as well manage a virtual office and I feel like people often um, inquire about, you know, what are the, the downsides of a virtual office? What have those been for you? I don't think so because I was really particular in the people that I hired and made sure that working from home was something that could work for them. I mean, we've had people who just couldn't do it, you know, but with my processes, I'm really big on having processes, SOPs, KPIs. So everything, I don't micromanage, but since we have a good, robust system, I can see everything that my staff does every day. You know, everyone has their individual login. I can see what cases they've 
you know, logged in on based on emails. I can tell if they're, you know, getting with who they need to get with. I have a virtual phone system. We can record the calls. We can look and see who's coming in. So we have a lot of processes in place that kind of keep that going to where I haven't seen a downside in it at all. I mean, and of course, the best thing is not having to get up and drive to work every day. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think just the getting that commute time back in your life, I mean, can for some people be the difference between being able to pursue a hobby versus not, or being able to, you know, maybe go volunteer at your kid's school or not, you know? Exactly. I mean, yeah, I think it's huge. I mean, I think being able to run a virtual practice has been pretty game changing for so many professionals. And I mean, you know, there's so much controversy, though, I find out there in the world <laughs> about some people being like, oh, it can't work at all. And other people being like, oh, my gosh, I'm never going back. You know, it's just like anything. I think, you know, controversy kind of just gets stirred up. But I find it to be really impactful for people who are really trying to get that life work integration, you yeah. know, more more balance where they're not feeling so off kilter. Right. And if people with the work that we do, if it can be done from home and you can have a dedicated home office, I tell people all the time, if they're not going to work from home, how do you know if they're working at work? I think that we have this ideal that if somebody is sitting in an office for eight hours a day, that they're doing something when really they could be sitting there doing absolutely nothing just because they're there doesn't mean they're working. Right. I mean, yeah, that's just, to me, it's all a matter of who are you hiring? Kind of like to your point, you know, going through that process of hiring people, looking for certain people who take initiative, who are going to take personal responsibility and who are going to respond to things like KPIs or measures of success or, you know, follow whatever systems you have in place. Right. Have you worked with a coach or, I mean, what have you done to kind of help you in your role as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, what does that look like for you? I've tried a couple of pro- of coaching programs. I think it's kind of hard because I've been doing this for so long. I, well, I've been practicing for about 13, no, more than about 15 years now. So I feel like I've been around for so long, but um, Chris Guyman, I've worked with him. He's really good. And I still sit in on some of his coaching programs and help him and just participate. I love his platform because it's kind of like, a more of a think tank, you know, where you have other attorneys and you guys work together and talk about what you're doing and what works and what doesn't work. I did try to do how to manage for a while. Um, It just didn't work for me because I'm the type of person where I know what I have to do. It's just a point of making myself do it. And there's nobody who can like make me do something that I don't want to do at that minute, you know? So it's like, I'm not going to pay you thousands of dollars to tell me to do something that I already know that I need. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Completely. (laughs) You know, that works for some people. They need somebody to call them, keep up with them, make sure. And I'm just, that's not my style. Like I'll get to it. So really I just, for 2023, my big thing on staying intact, I bought an iPad and I started doing digital planning. So now I really sit out and I plan the things that I need to do that's helped keep me on track. You know, I bought my equipment to do my social media marketing and content and things of that nature. 
And so I'm really just being more mindful to myself. And of course, being able to make money once you realize like, oh, if I do this, I get a return. I need to keep doing this. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. It's yeah. so true. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. We all really, I think, respond so differently to coaching. And I have had a myriad of different coaches as well. Some more helpful than others. I have not ever done how to manage, but I have seen it. And anytime I look at any videos, there's too much yelling for me. (laughs) I'm like, I am not paying somebody to yell at me. Right, right, right. But I know so many people love it and they thrive under it. And they just, you know, really attribute so much of their success to our John and how to manage. And so I think it just speaks really widely to how different people's learning styles are. Yeah. And definitely who like in my space, when I've actually became a real businesswoman, right? Because before I used to practice law, it seemed like as a hobby, I wasn't running my business as a business. I have a really good accountant. I use prestige accounting, Jaden Doye. I love him. And it's like, he coaches you, but it doesn't seem like coaching because really he just put it, but he'll do my books. You know, he'll get my accounting stuff together, but he's like, okay, so what are your goals? What are your plans? What are your KPIs? What are your this? And I'm like, quit asking me these things, you know, but it really (laughs) makes you look at what you need to do. And then for my marketing, I use the marketing boss and they handle my marketing, but it's kind of coaching there too, where we sit down and we collaboratively come together. And it's like, okay, these are the things that you need to do to succeed. What are you going to do? How are you going to put those in place? So I'm more of like a collaborator than right. having like one person telling me like, go do this and come back. Cause I'll be like, it didn't get done. Right. I wasn't good at working. I wasn't good at the gym. That's why I don't have a trainer at the gym. Cause he's like, go do this. I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I mean, I think it is so important though, that you know yourself well, because I mean, I, I think a lot of people can sink some serious money into things that are not, they don't really speak to them and they actually are not thriving under those systems. And then it's like, they think, oh, it doesn't work. And it, it's not that it necessarily doesn't work. It just might not work for you. Right. You know? Definitely and, don't fall into the pressure of other people. Do what works for you. Oh my gosh. I would say that is one of the big things for me in 2023 is to stop any type of comparison at right. all about anything, any how, any way. Like right. I'm so, and when somebody will ask me, well, why do you do this? If so-and-so, I'm like, why do I care what so-and-so is doing? Like, how is that relevant at all to what we're talking about? Mm-hmm. And I mean, but really coming to a place where, I mean, it just doesn't matter, you yeah. know? I think that's pretty freeing to get to a place where you cannot, you know, be focusing because I find the comparison cycle, our brains can just go into a spiral of anxiety, worry, all kinds of things. Like you said, everybody's different. What works for you may not work for me. You know, I may get up at six o'clock in the morning. You may thrive at 11. You got to work with what works with your schedule in order to keep going. Absolutely. I find that really true, though, in a virtual environment as well. That is one thing I love about a virtual environment is the flexibility for my team. Mm -hmm. So if I have a person who's a total night owl and they want to be drafting pleadings at two in the morning, draft pleadings at two in the morning, like if that's what makes you happy. 
You know, you don't have to draft them at 9 a.m. And I think that virtual environment allows people to really work to their own personal strengths more. Yeah, definitely. And it helps. Like you said, that's why I love my team, because even though they're virtual, they're my team, they work when they want. You know, I make sure somebody answers the phones. We make sure stuff is responding to. But if you want to get up, like you said, at two o'clock in the morning and respond to emails and send drafts, I have no problem waking up to a full email box, you know? Right. Me either. Yeah. Yeah. I'm completely I just I love that. I mean, it makes me so happy when I have a team member and they'll reach out to me on Slack like late at night. And I know this is just their jam and what they do. And they've spent the day doing whatever. They might be helping with their kids. They could even be homeschooling their kids. And here they are checking in or whatever. And I'm like, good for you. You know, manage your life how you want. And I think it's a a huge plus. I mean, we could talk forever about women and trying to do all the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah that they're doing. And so I think the more we can do to help accommodate that, the better. The Zapathon is back. If you're new around here, the Zapathon is the OG automation workshop. At this next exclusive guild event, we're partnering up with Maximum Lawyer's good friend, Kelsey Bratcher, to bring you a day and a half automation workshop. The idea of automation is simple, right? Identify a repeatable pattern of tasks and then use technology so that business process can happen without you. But setting up that technology can be daunting, time consuming, and even have a steep learning curve. Join us in person and you'll create automations on site that will start working for you before you even leave Austin. Join the guild today and grab your ticket at maxlawevents.com. Well, one thing that when I was, you know, just kind of researching about you, learning about you, I heard you on a podcast and you were really talking about fulfilling your destiny. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was really a powerful, I mean, can you talk a little bit about that? Like, you know, kind of like what are the the challenges that you've encountered that have shaped who you are today? Right. Well, one of the things is I had a very non-traditional legal career. So I had my son when I was in my junior year of college. And so, of course, you know, when that happened, everyone's like, oh, you know, you're not going to do anything. You're not going to go anywhere. And I'm like, watch this, you know, (laughs) of course, I have my son. I worked two jobs. I worked a full time job and then I worked a weekend job and then I was going to school at night. And when I had him, I remember I was like, "Okay, so law school was my plan. No one in my family had been to law school, you know, so I'm like, how do you get there? So I asked one of my professors, I was like, hey, um, I want to go to law school. Do you know how that works? Like, what are you supposed to do? Is How does that work? You know, and he's like, well, you got to take the LSAT. And I'm like, okay, so where do you do that at? You know, and he's like, you got to step up and take this test and you got to apply. And I'm just like, kind of, okay, sure. Why not? So I applied. The test was like, Within the month, it wasn't, it was very close, you know? And I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to go take this test. I'm like, well, how do you study for it? You know? And he's like, oh, I'll just go to, I'll go to the library and get some books, just like I did the SAT, you know? Right. And it was just kind of like, I'm going to do this. And I don't know how, but we're going to make it work. And I applied for law school. I got in at Mercer. And so then I looked at my mom like, okay, so what are we doing? Because I have this kid. I have this school. Are we taking him with me? Are we leaving him here? Luckily, my mother and grandmother kept my son. So I went to law school while he stayed up here. And when I graduated and I came back, 
And I'm like, okay, you know, mom's back. And he's like, uh-uh, I'm not coming with you. He's like, I'm staying with granny. She cooks. We go outside. That's it. You know, and I'm like, okay. So the first couple of years I was working. And then finally, my grandmother, who was watching him, decided to go back to California. And so it was a real transition to get my kid to understand, you know, because I think he was like two one or two when I was in law school. So finally I come back, he's like around five and I'm like, come on, let's go. And he's like, Mm-mm. you know, <laughs> and I'm like, come on, go with mom. And he's like, no. <laughs> so finally when my grandmother left, he came begrudgingly, but it was a real transition to be able to go from a full-time student to a full-time working mom. And I was a single mother. So my mom and my sister still kind of helped in the meantime. And we kind of made it work. And finally he came with me and um, about, let's see, he was five. So I had my daughter nine years later. And so I waited a long time. I was like, "Uh uh-uh, on the kids. And by the time I had her, I was working. And I was a single mother with two kids working full-time. And so I was like, well, maybe I need to start my own thing or I don't know. And so I was doing bankruptcy work at the time and I had ended up having like a really hard time at that job. So I remember I got my stuff and I packed everything in the box and I was like, you know what? I'll leave. We're not going to have to worry about I'll just go. And so I was sitting outside of the building with this box and I was like, what the heck am I going to do now? You know, and it was just kind of like, okay, you have two kids, no job, and you got to figure it out. And it was so funny because these two guys, I always laugh. I'm like, I don't know if they were homeless men on the side of the street. They came up to me and they were like, what just happened? And I was like, I don't really know, but I don't have a job anymore. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And they like prayed for me and they were just like, you're going to make it. You're going to be good. Don't worry about it. God's got you. And I was just like, okay. You know, so I took my last paycheck and I was like, time to start a law firm. So this is like 2010. And I started my firm. I did some bankruptcy stuff. I did some mortgage litigation And I had got into PI from one of my paralegals who was like, hey, do you know anything about PI? And I'm like, no. And he's like, I think it's pretty cool. You should try it. And he's like, and I have this paralegal who doesn't. She can come in and work with us. And I was just like, "Okay, you know. And so she came and we had her daughter's case and we had some other cases. And I was like, I kind of like this a little bit, you know. And so I would go back and forth. Like I'd work, I'd run my firm and I'd be like, oh my God, I can't do this. Let me go get a job. So then I'd go get a job and I'd be like, oh my God, I can't go work for anybody. Then I'd come back. And, I, and it was just like this cycle, right? For years. And so finally in 2020, when the pandemic hit, I was working at a job, a PI job. I quit the job to go to another job. And then five days later, the guy fires me. And then it's the pandemic. And I was like, okay, Lord it's me. What are we doing? You know? And, um, one of my girlfriends, she was like, look, you need to stop it. She's like, figure out what you're going to do and stick to it. You're going to run your firm, run your firm, quit running back and forth and do what you got to do. And I was like, yes, ma'am. You know? <laughs> and so during that time, I got an SBA loan. I, um, got with a couple of paralegals and I was like, I'm doing this. Like, I'm just going to do it. And I said, I needed to learn to run my business as a business. And ever since then, it's been going extremely well. So it was a crazy, crazy way to get here. That is awesome though. I love that. Oh my gosh. I mean, I can only picture you outside your building with your box. (laughs) 
talking to these guys. I just, I mean, sometimes the real deep humanity of other people. I mean, here were people actually reaching out to help you at such a time of need. Right. Those prayers were greatly appreciated because I yeah. I, I have it. no idea what's going to happen here. How these kids are going to eat. Right. We'll figure it out, you know? Well, and I just love though, when you listen to your story, like even when you're saying like, I got hired and then fired five days later. I mean, you're literally like, you didn't go into a blame anybody else. Like you're very much a person who kind of owns your situation, good, bad, and ugly. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, it's pretty empowering, I think, to kind of look in the mirror and see yourself and the person who does control your own destiny. Right. Because if you leave it up to other people, I mean, I'd be a drunk somewhere. You know, it's like you can't you got to just keep and just having like good friends and family who speak life into you and who support you and help you and let you realize, you know, like you can do this. Cause there's always that thing in your head. Like I'm a mom, but I'm a businesswoman, but these kids got to eat, but I need to figure out how they're going to eat, you know, because there's nobody but me. And I tell people all the time, like I'm lucky now I'm a mom and a wife. So I have this ability of having a husband to help with everything. But for a very long time, it was just me and these babies trying to figure out what the next step. Yeah. Well, I would assume that in the course of all this, I mean, you really had some real struggles with finding that kind of balance between your life, your kids, your work. How have you dealt with that? I mean, have you ever felt like really off balance? I did for a while, you know, before the pandemic hit, that was like a very mind blowing experience for me because I was moving so much that I didn't know what it was like to just be still. And so to finally like not happen to have to do anything, that was like the best moment of my life. I was just like, wow, I can just sit here and breathe and think and spend time with my kids and cook dinner and have dinner together. And it's like every minute you don't have this practice or this place or this game or this, that. And my kids, they were finally like, mom, you know, this is the first time we've actually got to spend time with you and hang out and, you know, be together as a family. And I'm like, wow, like this has been going on for 19 years. And this is the first time that we've really, and they're just like, you know, you used to go to work, come home, make sure food was done and pass out. Cause I'd be tired, you know? Yeah. And then on the weekends, if it wasn't a basketball game or a ballet practice or a birthday party or, you know, running errands, there was just never any time to really like be in the moment of being a mom. It was more like you were on this schedule trying to make sure that everything was done as opposed to just sitting back and spending time with the kids. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, I think during the the shutdowns, I mean, it was wildly eye-opening to see how busy we had let ourselves become up until that point. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I completely, I mean, just totally agree. I mean, it's been, actually, it's been hard. I mean, for me, like my children are older. So, I mean, we actually became empty nesters during the pandemic, like okay. the youngest went off. But um, it's been hard to want to get back to a lot of that busyness of yeah. you know, going out to eat or doing this or showing up at conference after conference after conference. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, could I just do that on Zoom, please? <laughs> I really don't want to, you know, do all this. I mean, we've been really purposeful as a couple 
like keeping our travel down. We actually, I mean, we historically traveled a ton with my husband's work. And now post pandemic, we really are finding that we don't necessarily want to travel as much. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, it's been, I think, a lot of self-reflection. Definitely getting into a more laid back vibe. That's why I thought with the virtual firm, you know, it makes it to where I can make my own way. I still have the hours that are traditional, but I can work and do the things that I need to do. And if I get too tired and I need to take a nap during the day or if I'm not feeling well or something, I can do that. And everything is not going to shut down. Right. Exactly. And I mean, you work likely many other hours around, you know, where you taking a nap one day is just not going to be impactful, except to your mental health and your, I mean, self-care. Right. What are some of the things that you do when you think about like small and big steps to prioritize, you know, self-care and your mental health? What are some of those things that you do to do that? I love to read books. Yeah. So I know last year I read over 50 books and I've already started this year. I can read a book a day. So I just read two books. I read one Friday, one Saturday because I'm in book clubs. Uh-huh. So I love that. I like to zone out. Like I'm not a big TV person, but I love to watch movies or I love to cook. So I have like my HelloFresh and I'll do my little, you know, recipes nice. and that nature. I always make sure that I go get my hair done and my nails done. And I need to get some massages, but I haven't done that yet. I want to put that on my list. And I want to start taking a Pilates class because I have to throw some fitness in there. But mostly just reading and relaxing and taking time. Like I know if I get too overwhelmed, I kind of have to set myself down and be like, hey, you need to stop. Because if I get too stressed out, I'm one of those people where where stress manifests physically. Mm. Oh, yeah. And... I've seen, you know, even this past year in July, I had gotten really sick. I got viral meningitis and I was in the hospital for like 16 days. And I was just like, okay, so if I don't sit down, God will be like, here you go. You know, like you can't do anything. You can't go anywhere. You're just going to be stuck. And I was just like, this is torture. Wow. Oh my gosh. You must have been so ill. Yeah. I had to sit there and, um, and it was crazy because I'm always on go and I started again, you know, like this, 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 and I just got this headache and then I got this really bad headache and then I got this like excruciating, I can't even think straight. My head was hurting so bad and I just looked at my husband and I'm like, I need to go to the hospital and he's like, okay, and we go and we're sitting there. And they're like, what is it? I'm like, it's not COVID. Well, is it? It's not the flu. It's not this. And the doctor's like, hmm, well, let's do a spinal tap. And so we're sitting there like, spinal tap? That seems a little excessive. (laughs) And so she does it and she's like, oh, yeah, it's viral meningitis. And then they give me some fentanyl. The next thing you know, I'm like, not that. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Isn't that fascinating, though, how stress really can manifest itself, you know, in your body in negative Mm -hmm. ways? I mean, it it can kill you. They say it all the time, but you're like, no. And you see all these people having heart attacks and, you know, it's just like people don't understand overly stressing yourself out can really affect you in your life. So I try to make sure that I stay as stress-free as possible, which doesn't help. I'm not going to say stress-free. I say less stress, you know? Right. And it's a good thing to use on like my kids and my husband. Like, you guys know I was in the hospital. You know, don't stress me out. 
I mean, I definitely think taking care of yourself has to be like really one of your number one priorities, you know? I mean, and I know we moms a lot of times, you know, put ourselves kind of at the bottom of our list, you know? And I think a lot of us pay for that, you know, as the years go by. Definitely. We we think it's like, oh, if we're doing something, well, I could be using that time to do this or I could be helping this or doing this. And sometimes I just like to sit here and do nothing. Like my do nothing days are my absolute favorite days. Like I'll look on my calendar and I'm like, when do I have absolutely nothing planned? And I'll just lay down and just veg out, you know, like everybody. Yeah. Leave alone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a do nothing day sounds utterly glorious. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. Sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, I really, really appreciate your time today in joining us. And I, I really cannot wait to watch you and do all the work you're doing, especially with the civil rights work. I mean, I think to be a woman in that space is pretty powerful as well. Yeah. I would think it's going to be really interesting as you evolve that. And I love that you have a mentor who's you know really been working and kind of like, I mean, partnering with you like side by side to help you. I mean, that is such a a real blessing. Now, one thing I did want to mention, and we haven't touched on it. I mean, you are the co-founder of the Four Black Girls Inc., right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, talking about mentoring. Yes. So that's our mentor program that I have with three other law school friends of mine. And basically we've been doing it for about five or six years now. And um, we basically just mentor girls. We teach them etiquette. We teach them about their bodies. We teach them how to enroll in college, how to take care of themselves, how to cook, how to clean, anything you could think of personally, professionally. Um, With these young girls, we take them to museums and musicals and just spending time giving back, loving on them, having professional role models for them to be able to look up to and kind of see how we did it and ask us questions and just opening the floor for them to feel good about talking about whatever's on their mind, you know, because sometimes you can talk to your moms and sometimes you kind of can't. So we give them that kind of safe space to be able to really just discuss life and help move them forward in life. We've kind of slowed down this year because everybody had been so busy, but we're moving towards building our platform. So like a new website, more interactive, and then our scheduling and stuff like that. That's amazing. What an amazing program. I mean, kudos to you all. I mean, I was just thinking about you having that conversation with your professor, like, how do I go to law school? Mm -hmm. Sounds like this is the kind of thing, like you could answer a lot of those questions. Or if they want to be doctors, you know, we have a lot of doctors that we come and speak to them or, hey, you know, I want to be a librarian. Well, let's find a library, you know, just being able to connect kids to resources that they otherwise may not have and being able to see how that works is a really, really good thing. That's oh, it's so powerful. I mean, I just think mentoring is probably one of the most powerful things we can do in this world to really help younger people. And make those connections because, I mean, so many times I don't think younger people realize how important those connections are, you know, and just learning about building a network and understanding more about different jobs. I mean, I have joked for my whole life. I went to college and my parents literally made me think I could be a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer. They failed to mention that there were two million other jobs out there. I don't know. Like, we're... What are you two thinking? It's like doctor or lawyer. And it's like, I don't like blood. So I guess I'll go for a lawyer. And now 
every day I'm like, why didn't anybody tell me about this influencer job on YouTube? Like literally I could be making millions just chronicling my life. Nobody told me this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Definitely. I definitely missed out on a whole slew of job opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, I just think that's an amazing program. Well, again, thank you so much for joining. And for anyone who wants to subscribe to the podcast, I mean, you can do that at any place, you know, you listen to podcasts. And again, thank you so much. Now, Latrice, how can people reach you? Okay, so they can reach me on Facebook, IG, or TikTok under ATLPI Attorney. Those are the easiest ways. My office. You can call 678-890-5868. It's the Latin Law Group. Or you can email me at lattin at atlpiattorney.com. Perfect. Well, we will make sure to get all that in the show notes. And again, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Mom podcast, a production of Maximum Lawyer Media. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. See you next time.